right, welcome back to another episode of Fast Break Live NBA Podcast. It's your boy Samuel. I'm back. It has been a very long time since I recorded a podcast here. Um, your boy had COVID, graduated from college, changed jobs, you know, life things happened and, you know, didn't have time to record any NBA content, but we back now. Your boy has some free time, so I decided why not just kick it, talk some, talk some NBA with my guy, and I got my guy Sway, a.k.a. Ryan, to say what's up to people. What's up, what's up, what's up? We back at it, man. First and foremost, you know, nice to know that you recovered nicely. Hopefully it wasn't Facts. too crazy for you. And uh, we back at it, man. Congrats on college as well. Appreciate it, appreciate it. So, NBA has been kind of on the uptick lately, you know. Super Bowl got done and, you know, the NBA decided to take main stage. Yes, sir, um, yes, sir. That time. We had the trade deadline that passed on February 10th. That's almost like two weeks away from that, two weeks two weeks ago from now. So, you know, we've had that tra- those trades go down. We've had, you know, multiple players end up on the buyout market, end up signing elsewhere, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we got some teams trending in the right direction, some teams trending in the wrong direction. We're going to get into all that. So, um, I guess we can start off with like a brief recap of some of the main trades that happened over the trade deadline, what we think and like what we've seen from some of those teams so far with those acquisitions. So, um, I guess the first trade we get into is, um, Sixers versus, um, Sixers and the, the Nets made a trade. Of course, James Harden was not. James Harden was not happy in Brooklyn. Um, this big three ended up breaking up faster than I thought they would. I would, I thought they would at least go through like at least one more playoff exit before, you know, they decide to call it quits. But I guess James Harden wasn't messing with the idea of Kyrie being a part-time player, and he just wasn't vibing with having to do so much. Um, so the Sixers they got him and Paul Millsap in a trade from the Nets, and the Nets got Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Drummond. And a couple um, first round picks. I don't think they're from um, the Sixers. I think they're from like other teams or whatever. But um, that was the trade. We finally saw James Harden's debut yesterday. I did not get to see it. I heard that he had almost a triple double. Um, yeah. and he looked very energized and rejuvenated. So how, how you feel about that trade and and, and well, sides? <clears throat> let's let's look at it like this, man. This is the second year in a row, uh, a major superstar. This is the first time I've seen it where. It, Two years in a row, a major superstar, superstar talent, elite talent, has decided to uh, request a trade in uh, in uh, crazy fashion. Um, I mean, let's look at it how it is. He said at his press conference, his ultimate destination was Philly, but uh, with you know being that whole Nets saga, I felt like this was possibly a better situation. But of course, things happen. COVID happens. Life happens. There's a reason why he left. But honestly, him going to Philly is is a the word I would use to describe that is just tough, just very tough because you have the dominant big man in Joel Embiid right now with one of the most prolific scorers we've ever seen bounce the basketball. So it's like it's like damn, like are we about to see something we've never seen before? But you know, time will tell. First game was nice. I think he had like twenty eight or something like that, seven and eight around those uh statistics. Um, but you know, the trade is a trade, problem for problem. So now, you know, when it happened, I looked at it like, okay, these guys about to play in like a week and a half, two weeks, because both of them were were eligible to play on their 
old teams, but you know, just to make it look good for media rights and all this, all this other media talk, um, they would have to take some time off. But as you see, Harden was able to come back much quicker than Ben for reasons we all probably suspect. But uh, the trade for me, it was just like, wow, it's just tough, um, at least on the Philly side of it. Uh, I guess you want to talk about the uh, the Ben side, but from the Philly side, it's like, all right, we got we got a prolific scorer to pair with our prolific big man. This is this is us going all in. That's just an all in move and you got to respect it. But from the superstar side of James Harden, it's like it's like, damn, bro, like. I get it. You wanted to get to this destination ultimately, but you blew up. I wouldn't say he blew up, but he decided to jump ship on the one that, you know, people are saying we're going to get back together because of all these mandates. Yeah. Um, I mean, everyone knows I've been, I was praying on the Nets downfall. So, you know, this was, this, this, this <laughs> was a happy day for me. This, this was happy. This is a happy day for me. Um, what you call it? Um, I mean, like I said, I thought this 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 super team would at least go at least one more one more year in the playoffs together, see what they got, you know. But I guess Harden wasn't vibing with it. Um, I don't believe him when he said that his ultimate destination was the Philadelphia 76ers because um, we all know that he met with um, those guys, Kyrie and, and, and Kevin Durant, during the summer and whatnot mm-hmm. before he decided to make his ultimate ask out out of. Um, out of Houston. So we knew that he wanted to go to Brooklyn. I think him just saying this now is just like another way of like, like he just didn't like the way things were going in Brooklyn. He's just trying to make it seem like he didn't want to be there anyways, but it's whatever at this point it's past. Um, the net, the net side of things with Ben Simmons, they just, they just announced today that he is going to be out indefinitely because of a back issue. Hmm. So there's that. I don't believe um, it, bro. You can go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so they said that that's that's the issue with him right now. So he's he'll be out indefinitely. It's funny how this news just comes out right before they have to go to um Philadelphia. Right before, um, right, yeah, exactly. Right before they have to go to Philadelphia and play um and and Ben has to play his old team. So we'll see what happens with um with that situation. Um, I'm surprised that the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers didn't get back like patty or something because they ended up giving the nets another shooter in seth curry and we know joe harris Mm -hmm. has been out with injury so we'll see how all that unfolds um i'm not expecting much from either of those teams in the playoffs you got on one side you got bet you got um james harden joel Embiid, and doc rivers that is a recipe for a playoff choke if i've ever seen one before um I mean, it's just it's just hilarious. I mean, we see what Doc did last year in the playoffs. We know James Harden history in the playoffs. Joel Embiid has had his early exits in the playoffs, whether it be his fault or someone else's. He's had a hand in each of them. So we'll see what happens with the Sixers going forward. I don't have high hopes for them. With the Nets, it's always something with that group. You see already now Ben Simmons got the back issue. Kyrie, they say in the New York City um, mandates is going to be up. Can you trust him to be healthy and play all time? I know he hasn't had a lot of time to play basketball, so he may be well-rested, but you never know with Kyrie. He's almost every year in the playoffs something happens. But I just I just want to bring up something before we, you know, mm-hmm. continue on, on to the conversation. But, like, on the, the Nets side, we saw, you know, us being from New York City, we always hear the talk, oh, they're going to lift the mandates, oh, they're going to lift the mandates, yada, yada, mm-hmm. right? Um, I'm looking at it from the Kyrie aspect, like, 
I don't want to put it all on Kyrie, but I believe the reason why James Harden left is is partially due to Kyrie, and then oh, he of didn't course. he didn't want to have a fallout with somebody in Karen Kevin Durant, which he valued as a good friend. So I felt like it's like one of those moments when you join your man's, but his friend that you don't really know like that starts, you know, driving a wedge. Bet- yeah, you know, driving a wedge between y'all because just because KD is both of their friend, that's their mutual friend. They had to try to get along. And they just had different viewpoints. I'm looking at it like everybody keeps talking about the mandate, but I'm not really sure like you can continue to bank on that if you're Kyrie. And now Kyrie's in a situation where it's like, if you decide to take the vaccine, then it's like, why didn't you do this months ago? And then if 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 he if the mandate starts to get lifted, then it's like, all right, you 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 come back now, but was it really like was it really worth it? to hold out and get what you want and finally play games. Like he's, he's under immense pressure right now just to, just to perform as an athlete, no matter what circumstance he puts himself in. So the Nets, the Nets have also gone all in, but you know, just different ways of going all in, but like Kyrie needs to be like, without Kyrie, this team isn't what it, what it needs to be flow wise, basketball wise results, I believe Kyrie, if there's no Kyrie, there's no Brooklyn Nets contention as of right now, you know, even currently constructed with their new pieces. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, So um, we'll see how both these teams are going forward. I mean, they they both now have championship um, expectations. Um, I believe they had championship expectations before, I think. Phillies were a little bit more tempered because you didn't know the situation with Ben Simmons, how that was going to get resolved. Definitely. Now we see that it's resolved. There's championship expectations on them. Championship expectations on the Nets as there always have been since Katie and Kyrie have gotten there. So we'll see how that goes. We'll see how that goes. Um, That was the one big major trade. Then we had like little like we had little other interesting trades that happened little here and there. Trades. Yeah, little side trades that happened here and there. So we had... um. We had the Mavericks. They got rid of that boy, Porzingis. <laughs> Vindication. Vindication. As a Knicks fan, we got we we got clowned isn't even the appropriate word for how we got treated after we traded Porzingis. And uh-huh. like to see the Mavs get rid of him too, it's just like we we knew it all along. And boy is still out with injury. He's out today with a knee injury. He's been out forever with a knee injury. He's always going to be out with a knee injury. And that's just, like, the story of Porzingis. And, like, that's what you get when you trade for him. And um, I, I, I guess the with this trade, the Wizards were trying to get rid of contracts that they felt were, like, too big at the time, which is Davis Bertans and Spencer Dinwiddie, who have since been playing a little bit better on the Mavericks. But... On the Wizards, they they were just basically robbing money because they weren't producing at all, and maybe that was a chemistry issue. Because we heard Spencer Dinwiddie said he tried to be a leader in the beginning of the year, and they just told him to basically like shut up in the locker room, basically. So there was that. So the trade was Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans for Porzingis in a second round pick. Um, Bradley Beal's out for the year, so who knows what the Wizards are doing? Probably doing a little slight little stealth tank, but. How'd you feel about that trade? Uh, first of all, I mean, get look, man. They realize Luca, Luca, Luca. <laughs> when Luca has the ball in his hands consistently, 
good things will happen. He has to get better with his decision making. But of course, we saw the first year, you know, early on when we saw this Dallas Mavericks trade, or at least, I mean, you be the Knicks fan, you probably had a different outlook on it. But, you know, with, with Chris Dobbs being there, he had a he had a role to fill. And he just didn't fill that role playoff wise. He didn't. Even when Luca had to Luca still had to go get 40 point triple doubles with Kristaps there. Like, granted, he had a couple games where he showed out and showed that he could be a pivotal force, but he never got back to that. And, you know, the rumors and reports that we we hear as fans and consumers of the game um, months back when they were when they were saying uh, there was a rift between uh, uh, Luca and Kristaps, they don't get along. And, you know, they you know how the NBA is. They brushed that aside and was like, nah, we're good. You know, trying to fill in the offense, new things, new people, all that good stuff. But, you know, sometimes this is why you listen to some of these reports, because there's a reason why they come out. Yep. And of course, they're going to be denied by some people. But Chris Stops, uh, he's just not living up to the billing of what he was when he was drafted, when what he was supposed to be when he left New York. And now he has to redefine himself in Washington. Um, but of course, injuries, injuries, injuries plagues a lot of people in the NBA, a lot of teams. And all I know is since that trade, Luca done average 40 something on yeah, he's been he's been walling. Yeah, like he's on a he's on a tear. And this it's just basically giving him the keys to the offense fully. They tried to make it a, a co-star type of thing, but they the person that they found wasn't a good fit. So it's just Luca, Luca, Luca. You know, he's young enough where you can still experiment with with you know different ideals and ideas in offense. So um yeah, man. Luca just has the keys. They just have to find somebody to pair him with. I do like what Jalen Brunson has been doing for that team off the bench. Great off the bench. Um, but, you know, they're still in that uh, find the pieces phase, you know, fill in the blanks. But, you know, right now all they have is Luka and they just have to find somebody. But the trade and all is just, you know, Kristaps wasn't cutting it. Washington is looking like I thought they would have traded Beal, but I guess that injury derailed things and his you know, he's starting to give me Damian Lillard vibes where he doesn't want to leave the team. Granted, loyalty and all that and stats and the money. But, you know, <laughs> if you want to win, this is not how you do it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't we, I don't think some of these plays is about winning, honestly. No, nah, I mean, granted, granted. The way they man, go about things. That's what I'm saying. Like some some guys is about the some guys are politically sound in this game where they're like, all right. I know how this game goes. I know how they're going to talk about us in the future. Let me get my legacy, my narrative different. Some guys are just like, hey, I'm here. I'm getting my money. I'm getting my stats. And my family is good. I, I can't knock it, man. You're making millions of dollars. But as you know, I'm a competitive person. So I would want to put myself in a situation to win. And, you know, lately some of these guys aren't or don't see that they have to do that at this point in their career. So, hey, for this trade specifically, you know, I felt like Bill would have been on the move somewhere. Guess not. He gets injured. Now you're sitting down for the rest of the year. You getting your check. Yeah. But, you know, that's just that's me. It's weird, but it's like mm, you're just one of the you know, you're just now one of those players or one of those teams that have a good guy on the squad and can't really ship him off because he's now injured or, you know, stubborn in the sense of being moved. You know, they have to think about these things. Yep. Um, I guess some other major trades that they had. I even peeped these. 
these were before the trade deadline. But um, Kings gets a bonus from Pacers, so oh, it was that was, uh, a, that was a head scratcher, bro. <laughs> I I got into a, a couple of um, I don't want to say arguments, but like discussions with um other people about like this trade and what it means. But it was Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Hill, Tristan Thompson. Everybody knows the deal. Tristan Thompson's now on the Bulls now after getting waived by the Pacers. He and my son going everywhere. Uh, yeah. Um, Sabonis and Justin Holiday, Jeremy Lamb, and a second round pick go to the Kings. Um, some people are like, hey, the Kings, they're going for it, and they want to go for the playing spot. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. I mean, Sabonis doesn't move the needle for me. Everyone's like, oh, they got a 25, 25-year-old all-star without yeah, basically yeah, giving yeah. up much. And it's like, uh, Sabonis is barely an all-star, to me at least. And like, he gets nice counting stats, but I don't really think they really account for winning. And we'll see in the long run what it really means for the for the Kings. I mean, we've seen him put up these same numbers on the Pacers, and what has that done? Yeah, um, it's, just, it's weird. So, But I mean, Pacers get a nice young player in Tyrese Halliburton. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's obvious the Pacers, they're moving towards, um, rebuilding, retooling, um, probably moving on from Brogdon and maybe Miles Turner in the off season. And True. like, yeah, it just seems like this is the route that they're going. Cause they traded away Karis Avert to the Cavs. <laughs> um, I do want to get into that trade too. Big time trade. Um and they did trade away Sabonis. Um, they couldn't trade away Brogdon because of the um, because of the contract extension situation. Since he got um extended at a certain time, he couldn't get traded. Um, but yeah, I mean, very interesting trade. We'll see what happens with the Kings. See if they make the plan because that's their ultimate goal. It seems like. Um, and we'll see what happens with the Pacers where their draft pick ends up and how the future looks for them with Tyrese Halliburton. I know a lot of people are criticizing the Kings because it's like, why give up on one of the first first players that you hit in a while in the draft? Because the Kings, they're known to not hit in the draft that often. Like, True. I just we've feel... Seen, we've seen their draft history, so... You know, I just... For the, for the Kings, it's kind of like a... Uh, how you say? Confused. It, it was a head-scratcher for me because it's like, all right, you give up Tyrese, you get Zabonis. I don't really see the reason for the swap per se, because neither keeping Tyrese would have kept you where you were and eat. And, and Sabonis don't move the needle like yeah, that. Yeah, like, it's just like, all right, you, you kind of did that for no reason. And for Zabonis, it's like, damn, now you're in, like, one of those NBA cities where you will get no recognition unless you're, like, forcibly winning and you're not. So, yeah, this is one of those trades where it's just like, eh, I don't know why you did it, but you did it. Probably cap reasons, probably whatever. So we'll we'll just see how that plays out down the line, and that leads to a bigger trade in the offseason wise. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not the biggest Sacramento enthusiast. Exactly, um, and I'm not the biggest Demontis Sabonis enthusiast. I think he's um, a soft player. He's very annoying when I when Knicks play against him. He's always crying, always complaining that someone fouls him. Such a bitch. But um, <laughs> but um, next trade was um, Trailbla- Trailblazers did a lot this this this. Yeah, it was um, kind of a lot to keep up with, but yeah, they did something. <laughs> they did a lot this um this trade deadline. So they traded CJ McCollum, Larry Nance Jr., and Tony Snell to the Pelicans for Josh Hart, Nikhil Alexander Walker, Thomas Sadaransky, 
um, Didi Luzuda, Luzada and a couple of picks. Um, and then they also traded, um, they traded Alexander Walker, mm-hmm. um, to the, to the jazz. They traded Sadaransky to the Spurs. Spurs have since waived him and he's going to the Wizards. And the Blazers got Joe Ingles and Elijah Hughes. Blazers were also involved in another trade with Norman Powell, sending him and Robert Covington to the Clippers for Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, and Keon Johnson. It's a fire sale. Yeah, that's basically what it was. And Dame and Nurk, they're out for the foreseeable future. So this team is basically tanking at this point. Got Um, Anthony Simons getting buckets at the point guard spot. Yeah, they basically seeing what they got at Anthony Simons and what else they got on the roster with Josh Hart and whatnot and seeing how they can go forward into the future. I assume a Dame trade is going to be in the offseason because I, I can't mean, imagine. I mean, they, they did all these trades to open up cap space so that way they can sign someone in the offseason or like maybe do like a sign and trade or whatever. I don't know who that person they're trying to team Dame up with. I <laughs> don't think there's anyone out there that's really going to move the needle for the Blazers out there. So, I mean, we'll see where that goes. How, how did you feel about the what the Blazers' moves? Uh, I mean, look, I had mentioned it earlier in earlier this pod about, you know, the whole Bradley Beal, Damon Litter thing, where these guys are just chilling as their teams fluctuate between rosters and, and record. You know, I, I'm kind of getting tired of with Dame in, in the sense of, you know, his loyalty, not tired of a person being loyal, but just tired of, you know, wasted talent on a squad that clearly isn't going places, you know, like at some point, when do you decide, all right, it's time for me to go. This is a hard decision you make for your life and your career. So it's like, why, you know, you, you take your time with these decisions, these, these decisions, because you don't want to end up just a good player that can't do it or perceived as not being able to do it so it's very confusing in the in the sense where it's like dame in the beginning of the season literally said or i remember the reports were that he wanted them to make a push to win make the right moves to win and none of these moves give off their give off the impression of okay they did this to get better they did this to get better like all it's done is keep you in the same spot you've been the past two to three years, bottom th- six in the West. I think I think the reason why they did what you're talking about the trade deadline moves are the moves they did in the offseason. B- all in all, honestly. I mean the moves in that, the that I think the trade deadline was to they realized their mistake in what they did in the offseason. They realized that that roster was not gonna do anything. So they tried to like move off of it, and that's why they cleared all that cap space. Mm. So that way they can pursue someone. This offseason, again, I don't know who that is because everyone is basically locked up and the only way you're getting a player is really through trade. And everybody else has their their goals. They're not trying to go to Portland. Yeah, no one's going to Portland. So I don't know what Dame's end goal here is. I think ultimately they do trade him because that's just like the best move for both sides. Dame gets to go to a contender um, and like a player, the, the, the Blazers get some type of assets in return. They Like they gave up. Like I knew this was this was rebuild situation when you give up CJ. Like Yeah. They've been holding on to that Dame CJ tandem forever. And for you to get they should have moved off of it a while ago. Exactly. So if you get if you give if you send CJ to New Orleans, it's like, all right, 
Dame should be right around the corner. Like we all thought, okay, if you shipping off CJ, at least that's what I thought. If you shipping off CJ, just hours, like just days before the deadline, that means you gearing up to send off Dame Lillard somewhere. And of course, we were mistakenly, we were def, I was definitely wrong because then next thing you know, I felt like Dame should have been to Philly, but then they they took that spot up with James Harden. So once you see those things happen, it's like, all right, well, Dame just spent another year wasting away. I think the reason they also didn't trade him is because he's injured now, too. Yeah, I would still trade for injured Lillard, man. True, but, like, I think, like, you trade for him next year, you get less years on the contract, you get a healthy Dame to actually just plug into your roster right away. So I think whatever teams is going to be pursuing Dame, they'd they'd rather go in the offseason because they'll have this whole playoffs to see what they can do. Go see if they need to add Dame. I mean, most teams probably gonna add, gonna want him add him anyways. But like, I think other teams just want to see like what else is Portland gonna do. Like, they want to see what Portland does in the offseason first, and then they'll probably make like an early season trade for for Dame if they can. I mean, yeah, I think that's look. what I think that's what ultimately is gonna be the plan there. Yeah, all I know is once once the NBA finals end, Portland must be you know. In full talks, like if I if you don't see Dame moved in that offseason, then at this point, I'll like I just really wouldn't know what to say. And if that I don't know if that's going to be a Dame thing or if that's going to be a Portland thing, because I don't see Portland wanting to hold on to him if you just gave away his second his second option. I think it's a Dame thing, because every time Dame comes out with a quote, it's always about it's always it, it always sounds like it's his decision about wanting to stay there. Word. So I agree with that. I, I think it's him and it's it's such a stupid angle to take. Like I get you want to be like the the franchise guy, the guy that stayed through port with Portland throughout everything and all that, but like at a certain point it just like it gets tired to hear, first of all, and then like just like it gets tired to watch because it's like I mean, sure you're racking up all these stats, you become Mr. Trailblazer or whatever, but like mm-hmm. in the end, what does that really do for you? Um some other trades go through briefly, then we can get into some real NBA talk. Cavs, they traded for Levert from the Pacers. They only gave up Rubio and a lottery protected first round pick and some seconds. Um, I thought that was a good um trade for Cavs. They Cavs they wanted to I'm not the biggest Levert fan and Levert's always hurt. Um, so like we'll ultimately see what happens there. But I just thought like the Cavs they identified a need that they had. Which was Definitely. like an, a wing score of some sort, and they addressed it without giving up much, ultimately. So um, there was that. Um, I like the moves that the Suns made. They got Aaron Ho- Aaron Holiday and Tory Craig for basically nothing, and Definitely like that nothing. just makes them deeper in the in the in the playoffs. Um, and um, there was like a four team trade between the Bucks, Clippers, and the Kings and the Pistons. I didn't really think much of it. Like it was a bunch of like bench players getting traded around. So that's that for me. That was cap movement. I know what you're talking about. I can't even remember everything it, that was in Ibaka, that trade. Rodney Hood, like yeah, Ibaka. Yeah, that's a that's a Jackson good, that's a good pickup though. It's a good pickup though because because Ibaka Milwaukee, looked washed in some of those games for the Bucks though. I'm not even gonna hold you. I mean, I you remember you got to remember Ibaka like for the past two years has only played like ten games or something like that. Some some of the other sort. You know, the way he's been injured with his back. Yeah, he's been type rusty. So I, I expect him to be, you know, serviceable come playoff time because if Brooke Lopez for the Bucks don't come back, 
the way he's supposed to come back because he's been out for most of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, that will be a, a key addition to the squad to see he do he could do all the things Brook Lopez was doing for you. So we'll just he just has to fill that role. Um, what was that? Uh, I I love the Karis Levert trade. I just love it. I mean, I I was a guy that watched Nets basketball before. Kyrie pulled up even when Kyrie pulled up but before that when it was him and D'Lo and stuff like that um I love like Kyrie LeVert for me is one of those guys where you just got to root for um especially since you know the trade happened and he found out what you know when he first went to Indiana with his health and all that but uh Cleveland got a Cleveland got a dog I believe Cleveland he's gonna make a big difference in the playoffs for Cleveland you needed another guard especially with Colin Sexton being down. Um, I felt like that was a big loss for them. So they tried to fill that spot. Um, that In the future, that may be a decision that Cleveland will have to make based on the way this year plays out when Colin decides to come back. Do you go with Colin and Garland as a backup tandem or do you go with Garland and, and Karis LeVert as a backup tandem? So that that's this is, an, this is an experiment that it's good to have because either way, I... As a GM or as a team, I would like to be content with either one, but whichever one gives us the best production is what they'll go with. And, uh, you know, Cleveland is on the up and up. They're one of the surprise teams of the year. And with this move, they're just trying to get better and deeper, and I'm loving what I'm seeing. Yeah, it sucks that their players keep getting hurt. I mean. Facts. They they just have terrible luck there, but – Is there any other major trade? Nah, nah, nah. That's it for trade talk. I mean, yeah, I um, I think there was all just some low key stuff. I did like the Derek White trade for the Celtics. I thought that the, them getting another solid guard in their backcourt was was pretty good. Um, yeah. without having to give they up have much. problems though. I mean, they've been they've been they've been they've been killing lately since like Christmas. They've been like one. Of, they've probably been like the best team in the league, honestly. Not gonna lie, it's been about time because they were. I remember the last time we spoke, they were definitely uh, still struggling. I know a new head coach, new system, all that good stuff, but yeah, it took them a while to get acclimated. So, exactly, um, like you're too good to be in the spot that they're currently or was in, I should say. Yeah, so um, I guess we can talk into we can get into um talking about the teams, uh, top teams, where teams are trending in each conference and whatnot, and um. Just like overall season outlook. So um speaking of the Celtics, they are in sixth place right now. I mean, right now from like third to seventh, it is like a cluster like of teams that, that can just like continue to shift. So you got two games. Yeah, it's like Philly's thirty six and twenty three. You got Milwaukee thirty six and twenty four, Cleveland thirty five and twenty four, Boston thirty six and twenty six. Toronto 32 and 26 and like within a matter of a couple of wins and losses teams can just continue to shift for the rest of the year um you do got right bef- right above them Chicago and Miami that are tied at 39 and 21 and they're only up uh, they're only up on Philly and the rest of those teams by about like two and a half to four games so again there's a lot of shifting that can go on and like I just I think this shows how deep the east is um, I mean, you got. When was Brooklyn the last up. time you was able to say that? <laughs> it's been a minute. It's been a minute. <laughs> it's been a minute. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, um, you got Brooklyn at the eighth seed. That's going to be very interesting for whatever team gets the top seed. That's James um, Harden's fault. <laughs> he was he was intentionally tanking games to get out of. Um, Feel me? You lose Brooklyn. eleven straight. That's kind of crazy to me. <laughs> Losing to the likes of the Kings. <laughs> yeah, that game. Wow, <laughs> that game was something else, man. Oh my goodness! I enjoyed it, but like, oof, that was rough. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, um, I mean, like, what team has caught your eye as of as of late lately? Well, 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 well. Um, I mean, when I look at the standings, when I look at the outlook of the A, there's two teams that come to my eye where it's like you did more than your projected uh seeding, projected performance. Uh, first off, I already said it. Uh, Cleveland was my like they're like. For Cleveland to be in the fifth spot right now, I think you just got to give them a round of applause. Um, just with what they're doing, the Jared Allen trade was key for them. We've we've we both been on record saying that Jared Allen being moved from Brooklyn was was a bad move for Brooklyn and a great move for Cleveland. We didn't think it would be this great. Him and Evan Mobley, big tandem is kind of something that needs to be feared and talked about a little bit more. Um, but just to move off of them, since I've talked about them already. Uh, John Morant and the Grizzlies. Um, granted, we saw what he was able to do last year: beat Steph Curry in the play-in, in a play-in tournament, go to the playoffs, but knocked out, but had a good fight. Um, this was just this is the year where he just said, "Okay, it's time to up it." Everybody else around him, he that team screams young dogs, guys that are just. They're young in the NBA. They don't care about narratives. They don't care about what people are saying. They All they care about is performing on the court. And they kind of give me college basketball vibes, but on the pro level where you see the swagger, you see the hunger, you see that these guys are young and they don't care about mystique of players that they're going against no matter the greatness, like especially games against the Lakers, whatever's left of the Lakers. But they... <laughs> Yeah, we'll get to that later. But um <laughs> like all that stuff, all the 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 they're they're being led by a very uh high rising superstar in John Morant. And even when he's not off the court, when he's off the court with injuries sometimes that he's had this season, they've picked up the slack. I think they only lost like f- barely five games in out of seventeen or something like that. That's the stat or whatever. So like those are my teams, uh, Cleveland and Memphis, meaning they've exceeded expectations and looking like to be real problems in the playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised if Cleveland really knocks off one of these big teams. Honestly, it's either Cleveland and I'll give you a third team out of the, you know, Chicago. I like Chicago a lot. Um, oh, they all Chicago's downfall, man. Oof. I'm not I'm not praying on a downfall. I'm just looking at it like you got a lot of pieces. And most of these pieces haven't been on the court fully together. And yet you're second in the East tied for first. So, you know, I just feel like that needs to be applauded. So my three teams that I've loved this season or in terms of expectation is Cleveland, uh, Memphis Grizzlies and Chicago Bulls. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm going to be I'm going to be the pessimist here. I'm going to look at the negative side of things. Um, teams that have caught my eye negatively um the hawks everyone was (laughs) everyone was everyone was praising the hawks after they beat the knicks 
as if they done something special. And like, look at the Knicks and the Hawks this year. Like, bottom of the barrel, mm-hmm. barely playing teams. Like, nothing hot. But like Hawks, they were expected to like make this huge leap. True, they, they, being in the Eastern Conference Finals last year, definitely. Exactly. You got Trey Young, Clint Capella. Everyone was talking so highly about Clint Capella and John Collins after their playoff playoff games last year. Everyone was talking so highly about Cam Reddish, who they traded to the Knicks. Hilariously enough, um, DeAndre yeah, Hunter. That, that was funny. <laughs> DeAndre Hunter has been like hella inconsistent. Kevin Herter and Bogdanovich—they've done their their part here and there, but like it's been a, a wildly erratic team defensively. They are not what they were last year. They are bad defensively. You can score on them at home. There was a point in the season where they hadn't won a home game for like two months, basically. Word. And like definitely, I remember that. Story. That's bad. Like that's just bad. And like, if you want to be a top team in the East, you cannot be bad at home. Like, and right now they're currently down to the Toronto Raptors, who are coming off a back to back at home. So we'll see with um, we'll see what the what the Hawks do. I mean, they in that last they in that last playing spot. The Wizards are like right on their tail. So we'll see what happens there. Um, and another team that's disappointed, not me, but probably the general public is maybe the Lakers. Me, I expected the Lakers to be bad. I maybe not this bad, but I expected them to be bad. I thought the Western Westbrook acquisition was totally unnecessary. And all the addition of the vets, I completely saw this coming. Like all year, it's one this vet's injured. This vet's injured. That's vet injured. Like and like their bench is like so skimped, they're relying on guys like Austin Reeves and Taylor Hunter Tucker to actually play like meaningful roles for them this year. And that's just not something that you can bank on. And like I saw this coming and it's not disappointing to me, but maybe disappointing to other people. Now nah, we yeah. we definitely we I remember the last time we talked, we definitely I made a proclaim or one of the I think it was the second to last time we talked. I made a proclaim. I was like, yo, pass once we get past game fifteen to twenty-five, you know, we'll be able to get things rolling. And long and behold, we never got not we ain't we ain't get shit rolling. You know? Uh on the Lakers side of things, as you know, I am a Lakers supporter, aka a LeBron supporter, but it's like, you know, very disappointing. As a realist, uh you don't see like I was saying we at least should get to the playoffs. I still believe we should get to the playoffs, but it's looking like we can't even put together a stretch of wins at any uh-uh. point. Like we, it's look like I don't even think we got past three a, a three game winning streak, if that. Sure. So, um, and of course the injuries. The injuries is the basically this the story of this season. Anthony Davis gets injured. Probably let's say he comes back one week. Give it two to three weeks, he's injured again. Um, that's been the story of this season. Um, LeBron has his life word, but specifically this season, uh, LeBron, he's hasn't look, man, LeBron was in my early MVP talks, but you know, if you, you can't be averaging 30 and losing that, I remember on my podcast, Vano, my man's Vano was definitely saying how, how you got somebody with MVP and he's in the sixth seed still losing, but then you got KD averaging 30 in the two seed and he, and he's not MVP to us. So, you know, Looking at it like that and just looking at the season, it's, 
as a Laker fan, as a Laker supporter, as a LeBron fan, whatever, you're you're in, this is this season is a failure when you see the guy like not taking steps back in his game. Uh, you see, like he's literally about he's literally averaging like twenty nine point two something of the sort, and that's one of his highest scoring totals since like what since since early Cleveland days. Like that's kind of crazy, or or last year Cleveland where he was averaging like twenty eight or something like that, twenty seven. But it's a disappointment at this point for them to even get to the playoffs is gonna be an accomplishment, which is kind of sad, depending on how the hype was was given in early part of the off season. Um, yeah, man, it's just I was wrong. You were right. That's one of these moments. <laughs> <laughs> you feel me? You gotta let in, in moments like these when we cover the game. You gotta be able to tell yourself. You gotta be able to. Uh, reveal when you were wrong and when you were right, especially. So, you know, I'll take the bullet. Uh, hopefully, these guys can get into the playoffs. Hopefully, they can get healthy. But that's been their whole season. Hope this, hope that. Nothing concrete. One last team I got to put in my disappointments is, of course, my very own Knicks. <laughs> man, oh, man, yo, they look, man, I really thought, like, the acquisitions that we got, they were going to be, like, I didn't, like, I kind of probably I maybe dragged in on a couple pods, maybe a saying like we could get like forty five to fifty wins, um. But like, man, whew, we stink. But the good thing this draft class is pretty good. I mean, that's the one thing I'm looking forward to besides like R.J. Barrett stat pads and like other young guys developing. My boy R.J. had a forty six piece, almost had a fifty piece last night, um, against the Miami Heat, one of the better defensive teams in the league, by the way. I do want to put that out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, my boy my boy could have had 50 if he only hit his free throws. My boy had 22 free throw attempts and it got only hit 14 of them. That's eight points left on the board. Facts. You gotta you gotta cash those in. <laughs> Alright, that would have been 54 points. That would have been a 54 burger. But yeah, I mean, with the Knicks, I thought they was gonna be better than this. I mean, I kind of knew Julius was gonna regress. I didn't expect him to start off the season um so pathetically like he Not- did. If for him is mindset for me, I don't know what the hell happened. Honestly, he be turning it on at random points in the season, but it's like you can't do that if you're gonna be the the guy on a team. And like as of lately, RJ has been showing that he can be the guy on the team mm-hmm. because he's been the one that's been doing the, the the scoring consistently. And like mind you, he dropped forty six last night on like he just came back from a sprained ankle. Yeah, and like he said, it's still bothering him. But like if he was able to do that on a Bad ankle. What is I'm a good like, ankle look? <laughs> I'm just I'm just waiting to see what happens if he gets this opportunity again with a good ankle. Like, but yeah, I mean, I'm for the rest of the season with the Knicks, I'm just looking forward to them letting the young guys get some runs. Like, that way we can see what we got in some of these guys. Cause like with Dibs, it's like he loves to play these veterans because he he thinks that that's what equals winning. But like you can also try like at this point, there's no point in trying to win. We had we in the 12th spot. There's no point in trying to go for the plan. We play. We have a rough schedule. We play a really rough schedule coming Just up. Just like against, the Lakers, you got one of the yeah. tougher schedules, top five schedules in yep. terms of people you playing against. So how is, is how are you going to be able to turn it on when you haven't been able to turn it on all season? Yep. So that's why I've been I've been team tank for the Knicks for a, a, a couple of months now because I knew I had a feeling like they wouldn't turn it around because like. When you see a team develop bad habits early on, those habits are really hard to break unless like your team is like 
has like an elite mindset or like a really really strong leader and like with the Knicks I just didn't see that and like I've been waiting for them to like embrace this like kind of like play the play the young guys more and like not lose on purpose but like if you're gonna be be this bad already you're you're gonna lose anyway so it's just like I got a question though regarding yeah. your Knicks right just to continue the conversation um when you look at next season and you looked at the landscape of the A right. There's been reports of, you know, dysfunction, discomfort, you know, Zion being MIA in, <laughs> in, in New Orleans, right? Don't get me wrong. This is a cliche kind of assumption. But, you know, like I said earlier in the, in the podcast, you got to be certain reports that come out are truthful to the point where it's something that is definitely going on. But the players and organization are probably going to put it under the rug. Mm-hmm. Um how much of a Zion to New York is really like in the cards in the cards for that to, to happen at this point? Because I don't we, we already we hear all the reports of the Zion camp not being happy with New Orleans, period. This was before he even got hurt. And this whole detached, you know, J.J. Reddick from First Take started this whole detached teammate vibe mm-hmm. going on. And, you know, it's just not looking good narrative wise for Zion in New Orleans. And we all know draft night or going up to the draft, he wanted to be a Nick. You saw him. He was disappointed. Yeah, yeah. he didn't didn't like seeing New Orleans. Yeah. He he ain't like that. He definitely ain't like that. And just for his mans to end up up being there in RJ, it's like, all right, now, I got to get here somehow. I'm not trying to force it because there's always a rumor with the Knicks and a superstar talent. So I'm not trying to make it about that. I'm just Mm -hmm. looking at it like, yo. Now this we've been pushing be, it heavy all week. Yeah, like this might be this might actually be something that is already being talked about, but just didn't happen at the deadline because you're not gonna trade up for an injured guy at the deadline in Zion who hasn't proved much yet. So I just want to ask to you, like, how did is this really a thing for you guys? Like, how much has Nick's culture been talking about this in the in Oh the- <laughs> Nick's Twitter has <laughs> been heavy on this, bro? <laughs> like even today, like a float, there was a float at Mardi Gras of um in New Orleans of them mocking Zion with a big painting of him as like a big fat person, and it says yeah. one ton. So like, we 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 all up on it. Like we got RJ, we got Cam, we got his guys. He's there's all this stuff coming out about him not wanting to be there, him being detached. We saw a lot night. He didn't want to be there. Like the writing is all over the wall that. Like, he he he's eventually gonna want to leave there for New York. It's only a matter of for us for us for for myself at least. It's probably a matter of when. I don't even think it's a matter of if. I think it's just a matter of when, because he can just sign a one year extension this off season and then be a free agent the following year and then just dip, if that's what he really wants to do. Because like Fact. I don't think for him, I don't think for him money is an issue because of the all the endorsements that he's been getting since he's. Got into the league despite not having a lot of playing time because of injuries, but yeah, I mean, I think it's just a matter of when with with Zion because I feel like everything is written for him to come here. We have his favorite, we have his favorite teammates that he's played with in his career. Funny, funny thing too, one of his what um before he even got um before he even like signed on to Duke. When he was um like in the high school, he played AAU with Emmanuel Quickly, who was also a Nick. And he said he said he, Emmanuel Quickly said he spoke to 
recruiting Zion to Duke because Zion had not not um to Duke to Kentucky because Zion had said that Emmanuel Cookie was one of his favorite guards to play with. So mm-hmm. that's there's another thing right there. And I'm not trying to look like look so deep into this, but like like come on, like everything is already written. Like he doesn't like New Orleans. He didn't want to be there from the jump, and like everything is just lining up for him to be there. And like New Orleans is kind of forcing him out at this point too, because like the fans are getting frustrated with him. And, like, rightfully so to a degree because, I mean, like, he has an obligation that he got drafted there and he signed a contract that he has to play. And, like, if he's just, like, not associating with the team and whatnot, it is a bad look as a professional. So, to that degree, I do agree with New Orleans fans. But, like, I don't feel any sympathy for any size in this because Adam Silver, everyone knows that draft lottery was rigged for New Orleans to get that pick so that way they can have some way to replace Anthony Davis. Or just rigged for the Knicks not to get him. <laughs> that too, but like it makes it makes more sense for the New Orleans angle. Yeah, just, like, just the way the Anthony Davis trade got crazy. Yeah, the Anthony know. Davis trade got tra- crazy. The Lakers moved up, giving them another asset to trade for Anthony Davis. Zion gets there. He swaps places with Anthony Davis, basically. So it's like it would it, 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 everyone knows it was rigged. And like if Anthony Davis, if, if Adam Silver didn't rig it, then this whole Zion conundrum doesn't go down, but who knows what happens in the future? Maybe Anthony, maybe Zion ends up being happy and he signs there long term. Who knows? But right now, it doesn't look as if that's going to be the case. So I'll continue to go on with my theory of him being a Nick in the future. So. In the future. <laughs> um, getting into um. Just some other teams in the East. I mean, obvious teams. Um, for me, I, I was pretty strong on Milwaukee. Um, I was pretty strong on Milwaukee, like, being the favorite to repeat. But, like, their depth might be an issue. I heard that, like, they're going to work out Tyreek Evans this week. And, like, <laughs> I don't know. Newly reinstated Tyreek Evans gets a workout on week. Yeah, but, like. Um, yeah, I, I kind of got some questions about their depth. I mean, as long as Giannis is still there, I'm still going to be confident in them, like, getting a chance to get back to the chip because we've seen what he did that last playoff run. So it's like, you know what he's about. A lot of these other teams, they're still unproven. Philly, Doc Rivers, we know how that goes. Uh-huh. Chicago, DeMar DeRozan, we know how that goes in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Miami... He's looking the opposite of that lately. I'm trying to tell you. (laughs) Bruh, I do. Bruh, he's got to show me in the playoffs. DeRozan got to show me in the playoffs. He has never shown me in the playoffs that he is about it. And all this right. You're right. That's that's where the money is made. It's cute. We saw Julius Randle have an amazing regular season last year. Playoffs. He had doodle running down his legs. Like, it's a different beast. Like, we've seen DeRozan in the bright lights multiple years in a row. Shit himself. So, it's like... I'm not convinced. I'm not moved. Like, good for him. Get your numbers. Prop your team up. Do all that good stuff. I'm not moved, though. Um, and also, Chicago, they just, they, they got to show their players ready for that. Like, a lot of those guys on that team not proven to, to for the playoffs, at least. Zach, we got to see. I don't have any doubts about Zach. But I'm just saying, like, these guys, they haven't made their name in the playoffs like we've seen other guys. So, like, um, Miami... Last time we saw them have a successful playoff run, it was in an open gym in Disney World, whatever. Um, <laughs> That's crazy even, take. 
Cleveland, they young. Cleveland, they young. We'll see what they're about. I like their defense. Defense usually translates to the playoffs. We'll see. Um, Boston, they are coming along nicely. Toronto could give a team a scare or two, I think, in the playoffs if they make it. And then you got Brooklyn, which would be like the ultimate eighth seed, I guess, if they're fully healthy. I don't, think, stay at the I don't think Brooklyn is going to stay that low uh, just because when Ben Simmons come back, I believe he's going to add something that they just didn't have. Uh, but remember, Ben's out indefinitely. So, trust me, bro. I don't look. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to say some guys aren't injured and stuff. But the Ben Simmons saga of this year is nothing but cap. Respectfully, <laughs> nothing but cap. You feel me? From reports to this to that. Granted, there might be a mental health part of it where he just really can't play in Philly no more, and that's probably what it is in terms of he not liking the team or he not liking the relationship he had with Joel Embiid or. He just not like the, the the city just not embracing him or you know what I'm saying? Like all whatever it is mentally where he just like, all right, I can't I can't fuck with that no more. He's been capping about it all season. So for suddenly a back injury to come about where there there was no back injury, what like bro, you have a back injury and you haven't played? Like not it wasn't <laughs> like like think about that for a second. Like not back stiffness, not not like like a little pull in practice because he hasn't really been practicing like that. But he, you know, but let me let, let me pull up the tweet so that way I can like fully decipher it because I I, I want to make sure I got you know, yeah, bro. Like just like just in case, just until you get there. Like I'm just looking at it like, bro. Like what's like everything about Ben Simmons has been like off. Since since he gave up a layup against Trey Young, all right. So this is what it says. It says sources: Net Star Ben Simmons is dealing with back soreness and reconditioning process that requires further strengthening of the area over a period of time before return to action. Cap, cap, cap. Which means we'll keep him out two weeks so he don't got to play Philly. That's probably the last matchup Brooklyn has with Philly all season, and then. It's just gonna be funny if like they get into a playoff series. What's he gonna do then? Bro, they they will. That's the thing. That's what's frying me about this whole thing. You're gonna avoid playing them and then and then you're gonna you're gonna end up you're gonna end up doing all of, you're gonna end up doing all of this and you're just gonna send off you're gonna send like you're just gonna end up going to the playoffs and talking to him about what? You get what I'm saying? Like you're gonna you're gonna play these guys and then what? You're gonna duck them all season, and then when you know you're gonna play them, what's the what's like? What are you gonna do? You're gonna have to get over that. You get what I'm saying? So it's it's been a lot of. I just feel like Ben Simmons is going about it wrong. The Rich Paul camp is going about it wrong. Um, you could have you could have gotten your way out of Philly a different way, and this back injury or quote unquote back injury is just a head scratcher because it's like you got back soreness. From not playing, you were really practicing that hard that now you got back soreness yeah. after being traded. I find that hard to believe, but of course, I'm not an athlete. He probably did something he probably wasn't used to since not playing. He's been saying on his butt since the playoffs last year, so I guess that's what it is. And yeah, I don't, it's just I don't I don't believe it. He hasn't given me a reason to believe the fact that he's really hurt. Even with James Harden, he didn't give us a reason to see that old hamstring tightness was really what it is. He was like, you know what? I'm shutting it down because now I'm not yeah, like I'm not liking my I'm not liking my uh, situation. And I'm not liking the fact that this other guy is just not taking basketball as serious as me. So let me get up out of here. But it's just James Harden has the ability to come back and everybody thinks it's OK because he's a bucket. 
and he will he will stop all that talk just by him playing. Ben Simmons, when he comes back and starts playing, the talk won't stop. <laughs> That's the difference. James Harden talk will stop because we know at the end of the day he's going to do what he has to do, and it's playoff time for him. For Ben, it's him as a player, like period. And he has to get over that. And you I, like I already see it. It's the writing on the wall. It's going to be Brooklyn, Philly in the playoffs, either second round or third round. It has to happen. It's just right there for the taking. One of the basketball narratives we got going into the playoffs, one of the things we must see, and I think we will get to see it. All right. So um, I, I, the East playoffs is very is going to be very interesting, not even because of that narrative, but just like the teams that are involved. Um, it could go like four to, four to five different ways with who comes out in the Eastern Conference Finals with, like, the amount of good teams that we got, which is, like, first time we could say that in a long time. Over in the West, the most interesting part to me, like, of course, we got the the the, the top three in the, in the West is very interesting. You got Phoenix. Phoenix is there from last year. You got Golden State back in the fold of things um, with Clay back, and Mm-mm, they got a lot of – a lot of interesting talent over there with Kuminga, who's coming along nicely in his first year, um, giving them nice contributions and whatnot. Um, they're still waiting on the return of Wiseman. I don't know why. I don't think he's really going to do much for them unless he's going to be like a screener and roller. I thought he would have came back by now, honestly. Yeah, they got him working with the G League team, and I think they just called him back up, so maybe he's close to a return. Um, they do got an interesting team over there. They do need um, help in that front court with the center position because that is a very very um imminent point of weakness for them um memphis you kind of spoke about them earlier they're this young scrappy team that just like got themselves to the top i mean they got to do they do got a lot of talent over there like you said when when he's out even when john moran is out they are still able to pull together win win wins and they've been doing this from with most of the season with Dylan Brooks being out, and he was a key player for them last, all of last year, being a defensive wing for them as well as someone that could hit some threes. So not having him and then having other guys try to like have have to step up has been very um, very encouraging to see. Like that's the type of stuff that you want to see with a young team. That's the type of the steps of develop, development that you want to see in those type of young teams. We'll see what they can do. They made. They made a little tiny bit of noise in the playoffs last year when John Morant went like for like forty or something yeah. against um the Jazz in that one game. But other than that, wasn't much. We'll see what they can do this year. Um Denver, unless they get Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. back, this year I really don't have them going that far in the playoffs. Um but the real show for me in in the in the West is the play in game. That play in race <laughs> is that playing yeah. race is so interesting. You got Minnesota, young team, just getting back to the playoffs for the first time since um, Jimmy left them. You got the Clippers in the fold of things, even without Kawhi, Paul George, Norman Powell. You got the Lakers there, which everybody just loves to watch them because they are a a funny-ass team to watch. Um, and then you got Portland in the 10th spot, which is weird because it's like Portland is supposed to be tanking, but like, it's Anthony, just the, bo- the bottom of the West been bad too, though. But like Anthony Simons has been going crazy, and like he's 
like before they last lost to the Warriors, they was winning like oh like four they won like four games in a row or something like that before All Star break. So like they was on a roll and like I know that's probably getting into the way of their 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 main goals of like trying to get a good draft pick. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean they found themselves in the tenth spot. Um, yeah, the, Spurs and, the, and the Pelicans. Those four they, games they beat Lakers, Knicks, Milwaukee, Memphis. And in the Knicks game, Knicks gave up a nasty like twenty five point lead to them or something. Yeah, some of the it, sort. It was it was a nasty game. I watched that whole thing. I watched the thing in full too, like a sicko. But so <laughs> what happens when you like your team? You, you gotta watch, <laughs> bro. I was like just sitting there. I was like, why am I still watching this? Like it's the hope we, that it'll turn around. Sh- I was like, yo, we is shit in the bed bad right now. Like my god. But um, you got the Spurs and the Pelicans. You got the Kings who made this trade to get in the playing game, but like they are. Three and a half games back, and I don't know how their schedule looks. Let me take a look real quick. Their schedule. Um, they got OKC on Monday. Schedule's not too bad. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's something. It's not too bad, but they when they, they get sh- they do got they they do got Denver, Utah, Chicago, Milwaukee, Boston, Phoenix. Yeah, that's gonna be a tough stretch In right March, there. March, that's gonna be a rough stretch. And to end the season, they got Golden State, Pelicans, Clippers, and Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, word. It's going to be a battle for the Kings to get into that playing spot. And I know that's why they made that trade. So good luck to them. The Pelicans, they also made the trade for CJ and 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 that group from the from the Trailblazers to make the playing spot. And with Zion not coming back this year, because I doubt he's going to come back this year. Um, it's just going to be, it's going to be Zion. It's going to be, um, not Zion, but um, CJ, Brandon Ingram, Jonas, and whatever else they got. Trying to make that play inspire. You got the Spurs with DeJounte and all those other pieces. So I think that whole seven through thirteen spot is very interesting in the West. And like it's gonna be very interesting to see what teams actually make it into the playing spot and what teams from there make it into the playoff spot. So what what do you think about the West? The West, uh, I mean, of course you you have to respect Golden State becoming a, a championship contender once again. Um Phoenix uh, is just about the thing about Phoenix. Uh, there's a storyline there with the whole CP3 getting injured thing. Um, True. This is uh this is uh this is looking like something that uh every time it gets to playoff time or at least close to playoff time, uh, CP3 finds himself on the injured list. Um, but a one optimistic part of it is hopefully by the time he comes back. It'll be just the beginning of the playoffs for a week into the playoffs. And, you know, that injury history is gone because now it'll be he got injured at the end of the season, not during the postseason. So hopefully that that's the storyline that has to be watched. And if they slip, uh, they do have a six game lead on Golden State for the first spot. So even if they do lose some games, they'll still be top two or three to me. Um, Utah, I mean, Utah, just the they have the same story every year. Uh, good regular season team, top three to four in the, in the West, and possibly get bounced out postseason. We got to see what happens there. But uh, I just want to give a shout out to Nikola Jokic, man, for real, for real, being six in the West, putting up the numbers he's putting up while your starting point guard has been gone all season, fluctuating team, uh, certain players not producing the way they should, but 
you know, he's he's held them afloat as any superstar MVP candidate should. And I just feel like it needs to be uh, shouted out. Six in the West, 34 and 25, two games, two, three games actually above Minnesota for the play-in line. So it's going to be a tough stretch. If, if if Denver ends up in the play-in, that's mm, mm, for whoever. Could be played, rough for them. Yeah, it, it could be rough for them, but it could also be rough for anybody they play, respectfully. Uh, but, you know. Yeah, better than most of those teams down there. That's what I'm saying. Like they're like they're better than all four of those teams. They're at currently constructed. Will they will it be a tough game against the Lakers if they somehow get their stuff together? Yes. The Clippers, for me, they're Clippers I'll is add that to, Yeah, I'll I'll take that. Clippers is I'll say one thing. The Clippers have definitely kept themselves afloat for the simple chance that PG or Kawhi comes back this season. Um, but uh you know, it's looking like a long shot for the Kawhi thing. PG, I can't remember how long they said he would be out, but it's not. He recently good. just got an MRI, and they said that um, he's progressing nicely, but still, he's still a ways away. I think. Yeah, so it's like the Clippers season. We already knew the Clippers season was sort of a wash once we figured once we figured that uh, Kawhi was with that ACL was going to be done for a while. So, but you know. Uh, it's nice to see them afloat. That's more of a Tyron Lue thing, the reason why they're at the spot that they're in. But, you know, the storylines of the West are CP3 to watch. You just got to watch these storylines for me. CP3 in Phoenix, how long that injury will last, and if he comes back, a regular CP3. And uh, Nikola Jokic doing what he's doing. I got to respect it. Averaging double-double, if I'm correct. Uh, and has his team six in the West, nine games above 500. A lot of people can't talk like that. <laughs> so that's, that's for me. That's what I'm looking at in the West. CP3 and Nikola Jokic, those storylines are definitely something to be watched. Nikola Jokic could possibly get another MVP. Don't see it. It's looking like it's going to be an East guy, but you got to respect what and you're seeing. Get this, into this that. what you want from superstars. Yeah, that is true. <clears throat> and speaking speaking of MVP, let's get into some award talk. So MVP is probably the the hottest award right now in everyone's mind, especially with the performances that we've been seeing as of late. Um, who, who you got your your top three MVP candidates right now? Oof, 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 oof. Uh, <sighs> top three MVP candidates. Uh, well, okay, so. I haven't. Uh, damn, that's hard. It's not hard, but it's it's hard. I'm just trying to get the order right. Um, all right, let me say this. I got DeRozan winning MVP has become a real thing for me. I was kind of pushing back on it because I used to look at it as how can God lets that happen, man. Yo, God, we we gonna have some, we gonna have some, some but, but but you can't you can't say if God let that happen because when you look <laughs> at everything as a totality, he has all of the tools. He's above Joel and beating the standings better record he's beat him in the one-on-one head-to-head matchup um he's averaging 28 27 my argument for him to not get mvp was like how can you be mvp on a squad where you're not the best player but i was saying that when zach levine was still healthy so but zach has been in and out of the lineup so that when that talk has been thrown out the window for me so so and then you look at joel Embiid; he's looking great but with James Harden, 
he's not going to be getting those 40 balls as he used to. Granted, he'll be wide open now, so he'll be more efficient. He'll have the opportunity to be more efficient down the line. What I'll say to rebuttal that point is me. is the season's already through. The season's already through. Most most voters already have their narrative set. They already have the, who they voted for set. I mean, like, that, that's the thing, though, bro, because this season has been so up and down with MVP talks, with MVP players. But I feel like there's been one constant. And, and that's Joel been Joel Embiid. But you could also say, to, to combat that, the next constant has been DeMar DeRozan. That he's been the one constant in Chicago where it's like, okay, no matter what, no matter who we got in the lineup, DeMar DeRozan's in the lineup, and he's going to take us home. True, so, but I feel like the, only this recent stretch has been highlighted as part of his MVP campaign. And if that's going to be the case, I mean, it's, the, it's, a, it's a really late push. It's a late push, but it's warranted because all season – it's been fluctuating. There's no point in the year where you said, okay, definite guy. Granted, you like 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 you said, Joel Embiid has been there for most of the season, but as like I've said, DeMar DeRozan has also been there. But it's just it's just about if you think like you said, some people have already had their minds made up. And I don't think you can have your minds made up when there's still twenty five games left in the season. Well, at and- this point in the season, I feel like most of the most of the time, like people already like with 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 that logic, it's like most of the season's already done. Yeah, but the most of the season's already done, but there's still so much to play for. And I don't think you could call I don't think you can say the MVP race is over with twenty five games left. When we've seen that all season has been broken up into stretches of twelve to fifteen games. Every twelve to fifteen games you got a different MVP candidate. That's how it's been this whole season. Once we thought about it was we, first, people was thinking about KD. Then you're missing too many games, so then now you can't be MVP. For a second, it was Steph Curry with those hot shooting. And then he got the record and then couldn't shoot for nothing. You get what I'm saying? So it's the names have been there. There was LeBron James at a point, but then you kept losing. So John Morant, Giannis. Yoke, yeah, John Morant was there, but then now his team is winning without him. So that MVP narrative can't really be used because that's what the MVP is banking on. If, the, if your team wins without a, win, if your team wins without you, then how valuable are you really but that's a whole nother topic that i don't think should be used but you get what i'm saying like every two to four every two to three weeks there was a different name being thrown out there and the two constant names have been damar and uh and uh joel Embiid. some people i will say Giannis too yeah i was just about to say some people have said Giannis because he's been a consistent 30 and 13 28 and 13 like his stats have been the same. And and one thing I will say about Giannis that most of these other guys did not have to go through is in the beginning of the year, Giannis's team was ravaged by COVID and he had to COVID carry them. COVID and injuries. Yeah, him, them and in he Chicago. Had to carry them. He had to carry them for a, 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 a large stretch. They weren't like, he wasn't like, they weren't like beating like every team that they faced, but he was keeping them afloat to where they can be where they are right now. Because yeah. if, if, if he didn't do what he was doing at that time, they would probably be further down the standings right now. I agree. There was a point. There was a point where they were like eleventh in the East. Next nah, to yeah, like, and Middleton wasn't getting his act together either. Exactly. He was also part of that COVID thing, but you know, and Drew Holiday been playing. Drew Holiday been kind of rusty since playing all this basketball for the past year with the Team USA thing. So uh, you know, this team, like the Milwaukee's been staying afloat because of their core guys. So I can't, I can't knock it. I can't knock it at all. So. But, you know, for my MVP, here's my top three. The DeMar and Joel are kind of tied for me. But as of right now, the way the results have been going, the momentum, 
I still think it's an it's a it's an award to be looked at, and I think Demar Derozan is leading it by about ten percent. <laughs> um, and then of course Joel Embiid the second, third I will go Jokic, just because what he's doing with less. That's the that's the that's the thing that an MVP uh, gets credited for doing things with less. And uh, yeah, man, that is that's that's it for me. If you want to go, I don't think you can really go. There's a much of an argument for anybody else after three. Well, I don't have DeRozan on mine, so <laughs> now yeah, let, let let's hear yours because I want to see. I don't know how you don't have DeRozan, but his stats and record for, and storyline all match. Personal thing with DeRozan, I just. He doesn't move me. I've seen what he does in the playoffs. He doesn't move me. I know you're not supposed to hold anyone's past against them for MVP discussions. Sure, fine, whatever. I feel like this la- this late push has been the only thing that has been pushing the DeMar um, MVP agenda. Sure, he's been a constant all year. I agree with everything that you said. I personally don't have him on my ballot because I, f- I feel like this guy's done more. And B was carrying the Sixers. For more than like what seventy five percent of the season, um, granted because facts because his co star wanted to sit out or whatever, whatever it may be. I'm not even gonna question anything because I know people will get on you if you question things of people's um, health, whether it be mental, physical, emotional, whatever it may be. I'm not gonna do that. But Joel Embiid had to carry them. He was dropping. He, there was a point where on FanDuel, if you put Joel Embiid for thirty points, it was minus money. That's Come a fact. <laughs> Come on now. Come That's on a now. fact. <laughs> it was minus money. Like, this man was walling. And, like, like he was just carrying that squad. I mean, like, they're 36 and 23. They're third in the East because of him, basically. And, like, shout out to Tyrese Maxey for making the strides and whatnot. But, like, other than Tyrese Maxey, Joel Embiid has been the only constant on that team. Other Everyone else has been, like, fluctuating. They have been in and out. Um, they have not been consistent. I already gave my reason for why I have Giannis on it. I felt like what Giannis did early in the season while his team was dealing with COVID. And even then, like, we saw, like, over the last week against, like, the Lakers and I forgot what other team he dropped, like, a 40 ball or 50 ball on. But, like, just, like, all the advancements that he's made to his game, like, what he's able to do, I feel like he is in the MVP discussion. And um, lastly, I got um, my third guy. is It's really tricky for me with a third guy because it's like Damn. I want to give Devin Booker his due because, like, I feel like no one gives him his due out in the West. Like, everyone always gives CP3 props on that team. And it's just like Devin Booker is, like, he is the reason why that team goes. Like, even even without Chris Paul, I mean, like, granted, they lost to the Pelicans last game. I think they were, they were coming, I, was about to, I was about to bring that they, up. <laughs> they was coming off a back to back, so I will give them that. But other than that, like they've been like pretty solid, and we'll see how they continue to look without Chris Paul because they'll also be without Aaron Holiday, without um, um, Cameron Payne, without a lot of their guards. So Devin Booker's gonna have to do a lot. And I know like this last portion of the season really does not matter at all. But for what else? For what Devin Booker's done up to this point, I feel like he should have some recognition in the All Star. Not the All Star, but um, the MVP conversation, um, as well as like, um, Jokic, like you said, like I'm with you on Jokic as well. Um, DeRozan would be in my top five. I will say that. Okay. 
I will give him that, but like come playoff time, <laughs> come playoff time on this podcast, if he does what he he's been doing these past couple of years, I will be screaming and running all the victory laps I can on this podcast. I mean, you'll hear from me. <laughs> Trust me, you'll hear from me on that one. If it's because on the podcast like, or on Twitter, you'll hear from me. <laughs> bruh, like all this stuff people saying about the Rose and all this year, man. If you don't show up big time in the playoffs, man, it's gonna be an issue. Not even just for Chicago because they're going to lose, obviously, because they're going to be so reliant on him and Zach to do everything. But <laughs> it's going to be a problem for all those people that I was talking to. I'll say that. I can't, I can't dispute that. Because we're not going to act like we, – we, we're not going to act like we haven't seen DeRozan put up great regular seasons before. Oh, no, like, yeah. It, it, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, though. But, like, but like we, we – The level at which he's at now is like totally points a different game, level. Though. Yeah. Like we haven't seen twenty nine points per game. Like I can, I can wholeheartedly agree and say that I have not seen this vibe of DeRozan at this level before. So that's why I'm saying he has to be top two to three in your MVP conversation. Because yes, yes, he's you know had history, but the Chicago Bulls team was not in the position they were until he got to this squad. Granted, I've always been the one to say that they've had. They definitely have other acquisitions that that appeal to their record and the reason why they're at where they're at. But one consistent is the pairing of Zach Levine with DeMar DeRozan. At one point in the season, they were averaging the same numbers. No cap. That's why I didn't, you know, that's why I didn't want to give DeRozan the MVP because it's like you have two guys doing the same amount of work. So how can you say one is MVP and one isn't? But once Zach kind of tailored off and DeMar was still doing what he was doing, I was like, oh, uh, we might just have to give it to him. Might just. So it's a race for me. I don't think you can, I, like, just to cap off the MVP discussion, I don't think you can wholeheartedly say this this race is over because all season the race has been up and down for every two weeks. So we got 20-some games left, and who have whoever has the best couple weeks, few weeks, for the rest of the season, we'll get your MVP. I don't think if you're a voter right now, for all the voters, like for the people that actually vote for these things, if you if your MVP is made up, you can have a front runner. But if you're if you're saying no matter what happens, this is who I got, I think you should lose your job because the way this NBA has been going is, is fluctuating. As Stephen A would say, it's fluid. So you know, <laughs> you gotta you gotta respect it. Yeah, it definitely has been fluid. Um. Any other awards that sticking out to you that, like, there's a a race for right now? Um, I mean, I haven't really thought about all of the other ones yet per se because I'm truly trying to find a guy like six man. I kind of don't know who you would pick. I had a guy in Tyler mind, Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero. See, you would say that, but then I could Tyler also Hero, say, Kevin Love for me. Kevin Love for six man. I I never thought about that. Wow. Kevin Love been killing off the bench for Cleveland. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you could, I I see why you say that. I never thought about it that way. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. All the other awards I haven't really thought about. Um, mm-hmm. defensive player of the year. I just want to say I hope it don't go to Rudy Gobert again. Respectfully, I um, won't. He's been know. out for a while, so yeah. But you know how they are with this this defensive player of the year. They've been get, like, it's kind of. I think crazy. I think it's like. It's 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 either like Giannis or Jaron Jackson Jr. He's he's a name that stuck out to me um this year. Facts, yeah, he's he's had a good year. Definitely had like a good year. The other year. day I checked his stat line and he had like three steals and like two blocks and I was like, man, that's crazy. 
Word. Nah, yeah, the, the whole Memphis team is uh definitely putting on for 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 this year for Jai and everybody. Uh, but in terms of awards, I can't really, I can't sit here and lie to you and say I have somebody for all these other awards. I definitely do not right now. Yeah, I feel um, you. Most of these other awards, they haven't been like something that's been like talked about. Like, like last yeah. year, most improved player was like one of the awards that was talked about a lot because it was like Julius Randle made this like miraculous turnaround in his career, whatever it was. But um, I, for me, most improved player this year is like between like Darius Garland, John Morant, and Dejounte Murray. I I feel like those three have been the guards. I like I like those three. I like those, those three. Have there. been those three have been the three players to me to have like stepped up their game the most, and like they've taken they they taken their game to another level, and um all three became all stars for the first time this year. Coincidentally, so coincidentally, yeah, word now, nah, yeah. I, I I like those three. I like I definitely like those three for for most improved. I would say honorable mention uh Miles Bridges, but um he fell off. Yeah, he did. He fell so, off. So that's why I said honorable mention. But word, I, I like your list for that for that award. And, and and for me, coach of the year, I also have like some some names for coach of the year. I like what um Bickerstaff did with the Cavs this year. I think um, that's the winner, honestly. Probably, but also I got like two other names. Um, Udoka with Boston. He had a rough start, but like he's turned it around lately, and they've been like one of the top defensive teams in the league. Um. And like with the Grizzlies, you got Taylor Jenkins. He's mm. been like he's yeah. been consistently yeah. a good coach, but like you see him now, the fruits of the labor with the team. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but nah, are, I, I think that I think Coach of the Year would go to Cleveland, the the guy for Cleveland, probably. I, in, in yeah. All honestly, yeah, but for me, those are the only awards that I've really been thinking about. Rookie of the Year for me, it's like a toss up between Mobley and Cade. To be honest, oh, you think that's a, you think that's a toss up? I think it's yeah, because like they've. They've both been, they've both been like, they haven't yeah. both been as consistent as like, I don't know. Maybe they might give it to Mobley because he's had, a, he has, a, he's had a more, um, his team has had more success. impact on winning yeah. and he's, he's had more of a hand in it. So maybe they would give it to him, but like Cade's been inconsistent as hell. And like, that's granted as a rookie, but like none of the rookies really like Mobley's the only one that Mobley and Cade are the only two that really have stood out to me. Earlier in the season, I would have said like Scotty Barnes because like he was yeah he, was he had a he playing. had a nice little run yeah in the beginning of the year he was playing really well and like also Franz Wagner for a period of time was playing really well too but like a lot of these guys they've been like once they fall off a cliff it's like oof especially with rookie of the year it's like an award that you like you have to monitor all throughout the year for sure for sure for sure not even going on. Yeah, I mean, so I mean that's 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 all I got for today. You got anything else you want to add for today? Uh, nah, but I mean, just hopeful. You know, next time we talk, hopefully, uh, my Lakers will get their act their act together. But it's looking real bleak. You know, my hope is. And you better you better get ready for that nine ten matchup. <laughs> my hope is dwindling, but you know, I got nothing else to say on the matter. I'm just gonna let 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 what we said sit there. We I felt like we covered a lot. We talked about some things that needed to be talked about, and we have some takes that have to be played out to see, you know, if we're right or wrong. Respectfully to Kyrie as well, since his game just started. Oh, yeah, that Bucks game did hit him off. So. But to wrap up here, let the people know where they can find you so we can tune into this game. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sway reporting live, Instagram, YouTube. Twitter is Sway Knows with two Y's. Um, you know, I got some new content coming out lately. I got one-on-one series 
for those that like street basketball, I got, you know, some some big names in the street basketball and continuing with my interview series. Um trying to take it, you know, trying something trying to find something different than just talking uh uh the sports podcast, trying to see what, you know, the different communities we got in New York City and the different things we could talk about in the in the realm of sports. We love athletes, but most of the time we don't have we don't know their stories. We don't know how they got here. Um, so, you know, that's what I'm trying to do, trying to shed the light on some guys that some people probably don't know about in the street basketball scene or just basketball period. And, uh, you can find that series on YouTube, find the snippets on Instagram as we put in live and, you know, continue to support as I support you guys respectfully. All right. I'll definitely leave a link for that in the description. Make sure y'all check that out. For me, I'm going to plug the Strickland as always, Nick's content creation going on over there all the time. Uh, got something brand new coming up for after the next game versus the Sixers, so definitely check that out. Um, leave a link in the description for the Twitter page and website. Um, and that's it. Yes, sir.